Ladies and gentlemen, Blake Richardson. What's up, homie? Oh, hey, how you, how you like the music? Oh, I like it a lot. I had um, uh, John Ch- John was a rapping. Champs? Oh, John rapping. The Champion <laughs> Brothers can lay down some fucking yeah. fat rhymes. Yeah, they they spit them bars, man. Oh, oh baby. fire bars with the Champion Brothers. Well, I got none of that. I'm very wise. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it. I'm Bro, gonna but, keep but it nice and cool. Everyone knows, like, I mean, well, not everyone, but you. you Play guitar and you sing and everything, man. Thank you. I always say I can hold a tune. That's what I do. Because people that can really sing and really play guitar, like legitimately, Mm. I'm not that. I can hold a tune and I can, you know, I can mix up some chords. Yeah. But you put me in the room with a musician or someone that can really sing, they'd be like, this guy doesn't know fucking anything. (laughs) Straight away. (laughs) You know, you know, know someone you don't want to give a guitar to, like in a room full of people. Like, you know, let's say you've got your guitar out and you're having a few drinks and Mm. you start playing a few riffs and shit. And you're like, oh, you're good. Mm. Someone you don't want to have next to you with a guitar is fucking Joey, bro. Oh, I know. He's a shredder. Really good, man. Shredder. Oh, my fuck. He's done that to to me before. He starts playing riffs and cowboy shit. And I'm like, fuck. I just walk out. You just got to play before him. Yeah, yeah, and then walk off. Yeah, play a couple of three chord things, and then he's like, "Anyways, this is flight of the ten thousand bumblebees." (laughs) (laughs) You just good on you, Joey. Bro, fuck, man. Sorry, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming, bro. Like I always try to open up with that. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about something. What were we talking about? Uh, getting older, I guess, or maybe cutting my hair. Cutting your hair. Cutting the hair. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it. Let's start there. Let's go there. Um, cheers to you, brother. This is going to be exciting, man. I've been looking forward to this. (sighs) Thanks, man. Thanks, bro. So, first of all, why why you cut your hair? Yeah, well, so, um, I, when we first met, I was, how was I, how old was I when we mm. first met? I was 17, maybe 18, no, maybe a bit older than that, maybe 18, 19, 18, I think, yeah. 18, 19, so I've been trying to pursue acting since I was 17, 18, and mm. it's been a long grind, baby, it's a long Ooh. grind, um, but yeah, recently I, I, I booked a role on a TV, on a new Australian TV show, it's called Mystery Road, it's in its third season, it's uh, streaming on Stan, uh, on ABC. So can we watch that shit now? You can watch the first two seasons. Um, yeah. We're still currently shooting this season. Um, I think shooting will finish in uh, mid-December and then yeah. hopefully it'll probably come out early to mid next year. Um, so yes, yeah, so this is the yeah. third season. The first two seasons have done really well with reviews and critics and stuff. It won yeah. the Logie, I think, for like best drama for Aussie shows. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so anyways, I booked a role as, yeah. a, uh, as the, <clears throat> the villain. One of the villains. Are in, you a bad this. guy? I'm man. a bad guy, man. That sucks, man. No, no, no. Listen. Is this your first like proper role there? This is my biggest TV role. I yeah. did a, a movie that is, uh, I did a feature film yeah. uh, as a villain again. Uh, it was a romantic comedy. Son of a bitch. Well, it's it's these googly eyes, Isaac. They can't help it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I try and be not. Listen. The villains usually are more interesting. They're the, they're mm. the better writing. They're more, you know, they're funner to play. Yeah, very true. But it's just these goldfish finding Nemo eyes. Every time I'm mm. on camera, even if I'm working in a soup kitchen, being real nice to the homeless, you'd look at me on camera and be like, I bet he's poisoning that soup. <laughs> he's I just, that shit. Uh, yeah. I, just, <laughs> I look a bit dodgy on the camera. So I'm finally leaning into it. Book this role. Yeah. And uh, it's based in the 90s. Uh, it's actually an origin story of the main character from the first two seasons, yeah. Detective Jay Swan. So it's gone back to the 90s and uh, I'm playing a uh, an unsavory man who thinks that uh, that white people are the most pure <laughs> of all the races. Oh, so, oh, yeah. I, get, I get what you mean. You get yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, they shaved the head. And uh, I think what I was saying was when when they did it, uh, John Logue, the head of makeup on the production, he's a bit of a legend in the industry. Shout out to John Logue. Um, when he shaved my head, like he kind of took a step back and looked at it and I looked at it and he was like, 
have you shaved your head before? And I was like, no, never. And he goes, this could be your new look. This looks good. He goes, you, th- you, this suits you. I don't know, man. He's like, I've said. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, wait. Only because I've like, you know, for as long as You've I've known seen you. You've me with the long hair. Like, beautiful fucking like, Lush, yeah, 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 luscious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Chris Hemsworth thing. It'll fuck, that suits you. I man. know, I know. But uh, you know what? It was, it was freeing because mm. I think with acting, one of the things is, uh, one of the, the things I've struggled with, not struggled with, but it's something that in your early stages of your career, you always want to stay versatile. You always want to mm. stay kind of open. You want to be specific, but not too specific. You know mm. what I mean? So like even when you were <clears> auditioning, you might get an audition through one week where you're playing someone in the 1800s. You know what I mean? Mm. They didn't have fresh fades in the 1800s. <laughs> you know? um, so you don't want to have too specific a haircut. And then, yeah. you know what I mean? So you're yeah, always trying true. to stay a little bit open. And it's weird because if you're not careful, you can kind of just stay in this weird blank canvasy limbo. Yeah. So I'd always, the, the hair that you'd always see me with was something that I just, I thought was the most, I guess, versatile, but it also was you know, a little bit me. Yeah. But when they shaved the head, baby, that was specific. Damn. And baby, that was, that was, it was freeing. I was like, yeah, look at that shit. You like, now that you, now that you've like explained it a bit, you mm. do look like fuck, fucking trouble, bro, with that. Well, listen. With here, man. It's only when I open my mouth that you realize I'm <laughs> not. Like, oh, fuck, he's a beautiful person. Well, we're, <laughs> we're working in security. Like when I had that, that luscious hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were, st- you know, like if, if 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 we were evicting somebody, you know, and yeah. there's these big moldy boys and all this kind of stuff, they're looking at them, they look at me and they're like, I'm going to start on that guy. And I'm like, you know what? I understand that. That's upsetting, but I get it. Good call. True, but now true. with the shaved head, it's happened a whole lot less. Oh, you know, they're they looking twice, at me, man. they think about it and they go, mm. you know what? Only a real crazy, crazy bastard shaves his head like that. <laughs> um, but when I open my mouth, I'm like, how are you guys? And they're like, like oh, this guy's, you know what? this guy's soft. I'm going to fight him. Everyone, let's fuck him up. Yeah, let's get him. Let's get him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, look, shaving the head's been, it's been good. I'm going to keep it for a while. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm like a big kid that loves to play dress ups. You know, that's what, mm. that's a big part of acting. So we'll see what I do next. Fuck, bro. But how, how did you, um, so you were doing that. And the comedy thing as well. How how new was that, man? The comedy's super new, man. Yeah, super new. I think I started. Um, so maybe you, like two or three months ago. Not even that. Yeah. Have you got a set place that you go to every whenever they call you? How does that work, man? Yeah. So I mean, look, I, I can only speak to sort of my experience. My my yeah. experience so far has been so unique. I think to other people, just from speaking to them. Yeah. Um, so I have been doing acting for the last few years. Um, so I've kind of. I've been putting a lot of work into that. And there's a lot of stuff with acting that transfers to stand up. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't, but some stuff does. And anyways, look, I, I did two open mics at the comedy lounge in Murray street. Shout out to the comedy <laughs> lounge run by Jane and John McAllister. Um, so shout out to the McAllisters. Shout out to the McAllisters. Um, did two open mics there. Yeah. They went kind of well. I just tested some stuff. And then there's a, a, a comedy competition, an open mic competition called the raw comedy festival. It runs, every year um, and usually there's sort of like the state finals mm. so like WA <clears throat> and, and New South Wales all that kind of stuff and then the winners of the state finals go over to uh, to the nationals in, in the Melbourne Comedy Festival so it's like a like a, a competition that tries to find up and coming talent yeah, yeah anyways I jumped in I'd done two sets and uh, I did well the first the first yeah. heat it got put through and uh, so I think it was about I think it was about three or four heats until the grand final and no I didn't read the rules because I'm an idiot. <laughs> and uh, I was doing a new five minutes, five, only five minutes, but I was doing a new five minutes every time. And people, Holy that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed yeah. to just do the same five minutes and kind of workshop it and get it better and better. Like yeah, you're not expected yeah. to write a new five minutes, but I thought this is a talent show. God damn it. I'm going to show some talent. So I was <laughs> writing new stuff, you know, 
And um, anyways, uh, kept kept getting put through, which was cool. And then, um, yeah, and then they got to the grand final and uh, went up for the grand final. And uh, I did this. I had a few friends in the crowd, but it was, it was a sold out show. Super nervous. Went out and just crushed it man like i'm really yeah dude like the room i had a lot of look i had, I had some friends in the room right yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the room i'd never i'd never killed on stage before you know what mm. i mean it just was a good set it just yeah. went well it was just my night it just went super well and like i'd never felt anything like it like my bones were shaking like because the oh. room the comedy lounge is <clears> one of the it's one of the best venues in Perth, if not the best yep. for comedy. You know, it's just a great structure to the room. And when people, when you get them, mm. you f- it's like the whole room feels like it's shaking, you know, with laughter. So it went so well. It went really, really well. And then, um, yeah, I ended up uh, I ended up getting runner-up, second place. Sure. Overall. But being so fresh to comedy, you know, yeah. um, it was it was a cool experience. And, and then- uh, Bro, did you cop any hate for that night? Like, were people, were like seasoned- like you know, um, comedians okay. looking at you like this motherfucker. Uh not to my face. Oh, but yeah, I yeah. think that there's definitely going to be probably a little bit of that. Yeah, but yeah. I think if it, I, I like to think if anyone talks to me for a couple of minutes, they'll be like, "Yeah, this guy's he's not a complete piece of shit," you know, <laughs> um, just a little bit. But I don't know about that, man. I try and not think about it mm. be- because I've been really lucky. I, I mentioned to you um, before we started that. <clears throat> Hosting that night in the grand final yeah. was uh, a, a man named John Pinder. Uh, John Pinder has become a very good friend of mine and he's who I'm wanting to start a, a, a comedy podcast with soon. So yeah, that's going to be fun. Fucking need to do it, bro. Um, Make sure you guys do it. Yeah, and, and he's he's sort of been a mentor to me. He's been in the game for a long time. He's mm. he's He shows there's levels to the game. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I get up there and I might have some good comedy instincts and I might have, you know, some stage presence because of acting and stuff, but he shows that he's got the all the tools really? man all the doesn't matter what happens up there he's he's cool someone could heckle at him someone could throw a, a bottle at him that's not an invitation to throw a bottle at John Pinder but you know <laughs> anything could happen and he'll he'll reset the show and he he makes everyone feel that they're having a good night you know Fine. so he's he's taken me under his wing and he's shown me a lot so that's been really good and since that competition i came second didn't win um but i've been getting a lot of paid gigs been getting yeah. invited to all different rooms it's been crazy man does that it's make you excited awesome. about starting this? Um, Fuck yeah, dude! Yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah, because I mean, you asked me before, sort of what, what, yeah, like what, what made what? me want to get into it. Yeah, yeah, and why didn't I do it? I how, just how did all this fucking happen? Like your first, obviously, like you know, you went for that competition, but who said, bro, you can do it? You know, I, I always, I love stand up. I love mm. comedy. I've always been trying to be funny with my friends. You know, yeah, with you yeah. guys having a yeah, laugh man. and stuff. Um, Look, man, I kind of went through something this year at the start of the year, kind of just like a, a a perspective shift, I guess. Yeah. Where, you know, I graduated WAPA, the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts for Acting in 2000, end of 2017. Um, and when I came out, I met my, my manager who's based in Sydney and he became a good friend and I kind of hit the ground running straight away. Mm-hmm. Like I was auditioning straight away. I got close on... on uh, you know, I got I got traction on big shows straight away, Fuck. and I was like, you know, oh, this is fucking, this is all, it's gonna happen. Yeah. You know, have you ever seen The Boys on Amazon? Yeah, like a superhero yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like a, you know, very early out of drama school, I got a the casting director for that, Robert Ulrich. Shout out to Robert Ulrich. Uh, he he hit. Um, Are you name dropping? I'm name dropping. <laughs> no one knows who this guy is. <laughs> casting director? Who cares about that? But he 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 hit back, and I just it made me feel like okay. I'm a nobody and I'm already getting some traction. Oh, it's a matter of time. And uh, it took me years to book 
really. It took me a long time. You know what I mean? Mm. And like, look, also mm. in that time, there was a global pandemic, yeah. which threw a spanner so in the works, but it took me a while. And I guess to, to make a long story short, I, I felt like I was doing everything that I could yeah. to book. You know, I was staying mm. in shape. Yeah. You know, I was, I was getting headshots. I was doing, I was doing everything that I felt that I actively could do to get something, uh, to get an acting role and get my career started. And at the start of this year, I mean, I'd done a couple of small things, you know, a few short films, um, like a guest spot on a TV series, but nothing big. My career wasn't starting. And, um, you know, <laughs> Home and Away, uh, it's still, I've got some friends on Home and Away and yeah. it's still got a, a lot of traction. But when I came out of drama school- Is that a dream for you? No, no, I'm not a big fan of Home and Away, you know, oh, like yeah. the acting stuff. Look, it's a legendary show. It's been running for a long time, but mm. I don't- love the acting and the content on that show mm. and my manager once said to me he might be upset at me for telling this <laughs> I'll, I'll deal with his wrath later he's like you know you don't have to do home and away you you know you're you, you won't have to do that you know you you're good we'll, we'll, we'll get you there wow. and anyways at the start of the year i get this email for an audition for home and away and i'm like i call my manager and i'm like hey baby we said uh we said i thought we said we'd never do this shit and uh he said to me look man uh, you know, we we haven't really gotten the career started over the last three years. You've done everything right, but we got to we got to kind of change the tactics a little bit. You know, there's a global pandemic going on, mm. all this kind of stuff. And for some reason, and it sounds ridiculous to say out loud, but it just felt so unfair. You know, I felt like, oh God, I, I've I've done everything. Mm. I've done everything that I can, and I still haven't had my term. And I, I, I honestly, for a little bit, felt like maybe I should take a step back because I feel like there's other things I could be doing with my life, but I'm throwing everything into this acting thing. Yeah. I'm two, three years in and I haven't even started. People around me are buying houses. They're fucking having yeah, kids, true. all this stuff. And I feel like I'm just standing in the same spot. Um, but I didn't quit. Yeah. But what I did do was I'm like, well, what am I doing? What, sorry, what am I not doing right now that I want to do? Um, because I think that I, I can't do that because of acting. And one of those things was stand-up comedy. Yeah, because I never wanted to do stand up comedy because, you know, I've got a bit of a spicy sense of humor <laughs> and I was worried, you know, yeah. that maybe if I booked an acting role and then someone's got video of me uh, with a joke out of context, oh. maybe I'd get canceled, pulled yeah. off the show, something like that, you know, and um, I was just like, you know what? I'm still missing out anyway. I'm not booking any acting work. I might as well just yeah. go and do the things I want to do because- I guess there was some imaginary reward in my mind. Well, if I do this and if I sacrifice yeah, this, true, yes. I'll have this reward. Yeah. That's not promised to you, especially with acting. It's super uncertain. Mm. So I just, I didn't quit acting, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking do whatever I want to do. And if acting happens, awesome. If it doesn't, so be it. I'm going to keep doing my thing. So I went and did stand up and I haven't, it's been awesome ever since. So, and, 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 and acting has started to pick up funnily Fuck. enough. Yeah. So that was sort of what I went through. So, uh, so this guy, um, John Pinder, is he, um, mentoring you as well like through through everything yeah I mean I, I feel like if I maybe it's just me but if I start, like if I went to acting college like you did came out mm -hmm. had a manager and uh, you know I feel like I'd be fucking lost man you know yeah oh do you mean do you mean mentoring me in the comedy scene yeah, or yeah. yeah like comedy and acting thing? yeah well look man I think you know John and I we just are sort of creative kindred spirits you know we just have a connection we just you know um, we just get each other right away. Okay. We just, we just sort of, we have the same sense of humor. Um, I just, I just, I love him as a human. And I think that mentoring, he is mentoring me, but he sees it more as just a, as a friendship, mm -hmm. you know, and we, and we have a back and forth. And I mean, I'll constantly 
you know, I call I call him after I called him after my gig on Friday. I called yeah. him after my gig last night just to sort of share with what's going on in my mind. And and he, you know, so generously would just offer up his perspective and his advice. Mm. And he'll always say, but don't fucking listen to me, you know, which, yeah, yeah. which all the good ones do it. And anything that they do, people are like, that's just my opinion. It's the ones that are like, this is the truth, 100%. They're the ones you got to watch yeah, out for when, when anyone's too certain of things. But he is mentoring me, man. Yeah, for sure. But um, in the most uh, sort of loving parent way possible of like, make your mistakes, my child. Go out there. <laughs> you know what to do. He calls me the chosen one. He's like Fuck. straight away. He actually reached out. We had this great moment where in the grand final that I mentioned before, yeah. he was hosting and there's this little space between the back green room where the comedians wait. Yeah. And then the stage is this little space separated by two curtains. Mm. And anyways, he was about to bring me up next and he's back there and I'm fucking nervous, man. And my heart rate, it's the grand final. It's a sold out show. And I'm like, oh, how yeah. many people are we talking about? Oh, we're talking like maybe 200, maybe Fuck. max. You know, How, how big is the room? It's supposed to, well, I might be getting people in trouble, but I think, oh, <laughs> think no, nah, of course, I think it seats like, it seats up to 200. You know, there was some standing mm. at the back, all this kind of stuff. Um, but it was that's, very busy, packed. It's fucking crazy for your first... Yeah, I'm very yeah. new, man. I'm nervous as fuck. And anyways, John's there and he's as bubbly as ever. He's he's all happy. And I was sort of sitting in the silence and then I just turned to him. I was like, hey, man, hey, John, I, I haven't met you before. My name's Blake. He's like, hey, Blake, how are you? I just said, hey, listen, man, I'm a big fan of your comedy. And do you have any advice? You know, and he was so sweet and he just, he, he gave me, he gave me some really good advice. He was really lovely. And he was just like, you know what? Just go out there, man. Have fun. Go do your thing. He's like, don't worry about this. This competition this is just the beginning of your career. You know, this doesn't mean as much as you think it means. And I went out there and I had a fucking awesome set. And then I came off stage and he went backstage and he was like, bitch, you didn't need my advice. You were setting me up. You were you just setting me up. You know, but I, he's, that's just the kind of guy that John is. So we had that moment. And ever since then, straight after that show, he, he messaged me privately and just said, look, man, I've been doing comedy a while. You got, you got something good. Like don't, yeah. don't waste it. And uh, we've been friends ever since. He's a really sweet guy. Bro, shout out to John Pinder. Yeah, shout out to John Pinder, man. Yeah. Bro, aren't you happy that you fucking gave the comedy thing a go? For sure, man. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You had the thoughts in your mind like, oh, I don't know, fuck. Yeah. Holy shit, man. How did it feel on stage in front of everyone, your first joke, man? Oh, my first... I can't really remember... We don't have to talk about your material, but like- No, no, baby, I'll give all my material <laughs> to a, I'll do a full show, audio only. I promise my facial expressions make it more funny. No, um, I can't remember how the first sort of thing felt, but all I know is that, you know, with acting sort of as I've described it a little bit, it's like, it can make you feel like no one, it's, unless you book a job, yeah, which is so much out of your control sometimes. You know, you can be really good and still not book for a long time. Oh, man. It feels brutal. And no one knows, you know, and you're not going to be the guy that's showing people your auditions. Like, check this out. So in this scene, the woman off camera that's reading to me, she's actually supposed to be my dad. I know I'm holding a banana, but that's supposed to be a gun. You know, like, you don't (laughs) want to be that guy. So, you know, there's, for instance, when I got really close on a project, I got flown over... It's come out now on Amazon. It's the Pack to the Rafters reboot. Oh, Rafters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was a couple, uh, maybe 18 months ago now. I got really close on this new role. Mm-hmm. Uh, they flew me over to Sydney. Um, they put me up in hotels. I, I did this chemistry read with like the, the cast. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be it. This is going to be my, my, my shot. You know, it's like on a pretty established show. It's going to be on Amazon. It's going to be this. 
And it came down to like, I'm pretty sure my manager had figured out that it was like between me and one other guy. And the other guy had was on another show and he was having like scheduling problems, you know, like he might not be able to do it. Oh, so then yeah, I went okay. back to Perth and um, I felt like, oh, here we go. I'm waiting for that phone to ring. And my manager called me and he's like, you didn't get it. They're, they're recasting the whole thing. And they're, they're just, yeah, it's nothing you did wrong, but you didn't get it. Oh. And I went back to froth and almond lattes all weekend <laughs> with, you know, Jan being like, where's my almond latte? And I'm just, it was humbling. I was like, oh my uh. God, I was going to be a star. So my point <laughs> is, is that, you know, it feels like with acting, you're just going nowhere yeah. and you don't know how you're doing. And if you, I got really close on that show, but no one knew. No mm. one cares. And you mm. just go right back into the pool, right back into auditioning again. But with comedy, there's an audience. Yeah, true. You get up there and you get that feedback straight away. Instant feedback. And there's yeah. a third party. And you get off stage and if you go to grab a drink or something, people walk up to you. If you do really well and they shake your hand, they're like, hey man, great set, really funny. And like that was addicting. Not so much the validation, yeah. but the fact that Pete, you got to share it with people. Straight away, yeah. And it was a merit. And, and, and comedy, in my opinion- is more of a meritocracy. It, mm. If you're good, you're good. If you're bad, you're bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Sure, there's politics, of course, but it's more a meritocracy. If you're funny, hey, you're going to work. You're going to be funny. Yeah, you're funny. People are laughing oh. and you can feel it. So I love that shit. What happens if you just stay and listen to acting? Thing? Well, you're doing a bit of both now, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that, you know what? I think that, um, I think that they're not mutually exclusive. You can do mm. both, you yeah, know? Yeah, you can do. Yeah. I think, do you think it'll just uh, veer you? in terms of what kind of movie or roles you'll take. You I know think, what I mean? yeah, well, I think I've, this is sort of part of what I went through earlier this year. I've just let go of, 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 of my expectation of sort of what's going to, I think what sounds very uh, namaste, but whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. You know, I, I do feel like that because the way that I look, my, my sense of uh, my, my taste and all that kind of stuff, my sense of humor, that's going to guide me into the right right spots you know the right kind of roles for instance these first two big things that i've booked um a bad guy in both of them um one of them's a romantic comedy where i'm a british guy and i'm all silly Holy and i'm shit. wearing a suit and i'm like a sleazy salesman and i'm yeah. all silly and british and that's fun and then the second thing is like this gritty drama where i'm playing like a character and like yeah. a physical role like he's he's really in shape he's got a shaved head and he's got these tattoos all over him and I remember there was an actor with me on set recently for this for this project and he said, is that something that you and your manager planned, you know, to have like a comedy and then a drama? Yeah. And I'm like, I auditioned for everything. You know, that's just yeah. purely by accident, you know? Yeah. Like, so what I'm saying is I guess it's just, uh, I think whatever happens with comedy, um, it, it'll just naturally help my acting along, yeah. you know, and wherever it's going to be. I'm excited, man. I'm just sort of letting go of that. That stuff, because when I when you start to have any expectations in your mind, that's when you start to get <clears throat> bitter and, and upset, mm. you know. So, you just reminded me of something that The Rock said. Shout out to The Rock. Shout out to The Rock, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was telling a story about obviously him and the Seven Bucks then going to Hollywood. And, yeah. Um, when he wanted to start acting, they said, Oh, you had to lose weight. You got to be this, you know, you got to look this certain way for this role. Yeah. And um, he didn't want to conform to Hollywood. And um, like obviously, look at him now. Hollywood came to him. Yeah, you mm. must have seen the post thing. I haven't seen the post. Oh, no, but he was just saying that it's flipped. Like you know, Hollywood conformed to what he wanted. Yes. And now everything he fucking touches is gold, bro. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, I think that there's sorry to interrupt you, but I think there's this great lesson that I had 
um, in one of these acting workshops yeah. with this guy. Uh, his name's Les Shantry. Shout out to Les oh. Shantry. We've got a lot of shout outs going Fuck on yeah, in this man. pod tonight. Man, I've got to do a lot of fucking... Uh, yeah, a lot of research. A lot of research. A lot of tags. Yeah, a lot, lot of tags. hashtags in this bitch. Uh, Les Shantry, he, he, he operates out of Sydney. Um, in my experience, he is the best one of the best acting coaches I've ever I've ever seen and worked with. He doesn't call himself an acting coach though. He calls mm. himself an audition coach. But his understanding of what makes screen acting great, I think is second to none. I think he's fantastic. He approaches it from a very practical and a sort of a psychological point of view and and and, and does so in a way that actors can really understand and use it, you know, because sometimes mm. acting can be very much I don't know, like overly intellectual. Like imagine you're in a stream and then a, a sparrow has flown over your head. What color is that sparrow? Now do the scene. And you're like, what the fuck? The that doesn't fuck? help me at all. You know, where I'm supposed to turn into the Hulk and yeah, kill people. What yeah, the fuck exactly, man. So, but he will be very much like, you know, um, uh, how about this time you just try and piss her off? And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I can do that. And all of a sudden, the scene's completely different. And I'm paraphrasing, and I'm making Les sound a lot more, yeah. a lot less intellectual than he than he deserves to be described as. But he just was very practical. And anyways, the lesson that he gave in this class was that he said, and this is kind of your point to the rock thing. Mm. He said, "You got to know who you are first of all. You got to know what your brand is. You got to know who you are and what what you bring to the table." And if he was using a metaphor, he said, "If you know that you're a red apple, and this role that you're auditioning for." is clearly for a banana. I beg you, don't don't try and become a banana, but just show them what the role would be like yeah. if they gave it to a red apple. Do it your way. Fine. Put your flavor on it. Just because they said they want something different. No, 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 no. Do it how you would do it. Mm. And he goes, I'm telling you that even if you don't get the role, the casting directors, the people involved will look at that and be like, wow, that person knows what their brand is and maybe we should give it to a red apple. Maybe we were wrong. And it happens all the time. Fuck. It happens all the time. Like, you know, because actors make this mistake of thinking that casting directors, they, they know what they want, that they're, they're looking for a specific thing yeah, and they're true. trying to get it right. Mm. Casting directors don't know what they want. That's why they're looking for an actor. They just have like a blueprint, like a suggestion. We think it has to be kind of this. Yeah. And so the closest you, mold to it, closest fit right. to it. Right. Well, you come in and you show them something specific and something that's it's living and it's breathing because it's mm. it's you and it's your point of view and your instincts, they're going to be like, hell, that, that's probably it. It's pretty good. Fuck. Let's roll with that. So that was one of the things he said is, is he's like, you know, do you, don't, don't, be, don't try and be something else. You know, show them what it would be like if they gave you the role, you know. And then um, <clears throat> that was great advice. And now I try and take that into every audition, you know. I'm like, all right, well, what's my instincts? Like the scene maybe he's crying, he's breaking down crying. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I, 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 I don't know if I want to cry. I, I find this scene kind of funny in a weird way. Mm. So I'm going to play it with that a little bit, yeah. you know, and see what, see what happens there. Um, so yeah, that's, that was a great Fucking lesson. Fucking hell, yeah. man. Old Les. Old Les. Shout, Shout out to Les. Shout out to Les. <laughs> Bro, like, I was, I, while we were talking just before we started, and yeah. fuck, man, since... The last time I spoke to you, you've grown up so much, man. Oh, yeah. A lot's happened there, eh, man. A lot's happened. A couple of scars on this old boy, <laughs> on this old boy. Yeah, man. Um, lots up. Yeah, I mean, when was, I mean, it's been a few years. So. It has been a long time. Yeah. I, you, you coached as well? I coached, yeah, at yeah. Legion for a while. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, no thoughts about it. going back to doing that or this is. No, well, since you, since we last saw each other, I've completely sort of switched uh, sports. I'm doing jujitsu. Yeah. Now. 
I know. I, I know a little bit about that. I it's know like you a, do, baby. I know you. I don't want to get under that. The, the under switch. That. I mean, the switch. Nothing about what's jujitsu. Can you tell yeah, me? Yeah, stop it. <laughs> no, it's um, it's been fun, man. I, I guess. Look, I loved. I loved CrossFit. It gave me a great. Mm. It was the first thing that I never did any sport my whole life, and then when I was seventeen and eighteen and and trained up with Jem there at Legion, it, it, it taught me discipline, it taught me consistency, it taught me, you know, good technique for functional body movement, and it gave me an athletic base. It gave me, mm. you know, uh, muscular strength and, and all that kind of stuff and a general good fitness base. And uh, when I came back from Sydney in March 2020 because of COVID, I was sort of just, uh, I wasn't doing much and, you know, we couldn't train at Legion. You know, we couldn't train out of gyms because of the older government. Um, yeah. And I just had all this spare time and uh, a good friend of mine, Jack Becker, who's uh, currently uh, the lightweight eternal champion of Australia oh, and he's defending shit. his strap uh, next weekend on the Gold Coast. God damn. Shout out to my boy, Jack Becker. Um, he, he'd been doing martial art, mixed martial arts for a long time mm. and he said, oh, you should come try this jiu-jitsu with my jiu-jitsu coach, Rodrigo Costa. Um, and he's doing Costa. He's just opened up his own gym. Come try it with us. And I went down absolutely obliterated yeah. just mauled manhandled and uh i just loved it there's something about it i just loved it i was like oh this is this is cool man and i've been doing crossfit for a while i've been doing it since it was 2013 to 2020 so seven mm. years i wasn't competing anymore so i'd lost the fire a little bit you know just mm. felt a bit repetitive um so i just jumped into that and then it became my new thing i fucking love it i love yeah. it so much it's humbling it's done more for my self-esteem mm. um than than anything you know uh, just being able to put yourself into the fire every day with, yeah. with some real, and there's some real savages out oh, of that gym, some real man. deadly weapons, yeah, you know, man, guys fuck. that are still competing on the world stage. So it's, it's a privilege to be able to go down there just as a regular, regular man and just, and throw down with these guys <laughs> cause they're, they're world-class. So yeah. it's, it's cool. Did that like, um, you know, the first time you, you did get in mm. your rolling, you got mauled where you're like, fuck, this is going to be a problem, man. Fuck. Did you like, how did yeah. that feel for you? Uh, it was weird, man. You know, like I, there's something, I, I was talking to my mom about this. There was something about, I got mauled, but I kind of liked it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was a sicko part of me that was kind of mm. like, I was getting smashed, but I was kind of like, this is, this is cool. And like, I didn't want to quit. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, obviously you, you tap a lot and you, otherwise you're going to go to sleep or you're going to get hurt. Or but like, you know, very quickly some of my coaches or people that were been training a long time with me, they were like, Hey man, like you're pretty tough. You know, most people would have tapped to that. And I'm like, Oh really? Oh, that's, that's cool. But there was just a kind of a sick part of me that liked it. Mm. And then I wanted more. I was like, I want to figure out how to be, just be better. I, yeah. I don't want to, you know? So, um, I was telling to my mom about it and she's like, yeah, that could be a bit of your, your moldy heritage. You know, there's that sort of the warrior gene maybe seems a bit far fetched to me, but, uh, <laughs> but I just liked it, man. You know, yeah. it, it sucked. I tell you what though, a bad training day, a bad training mm. day at jiu-jitsu is a fucking bad training day. Oh, man. But I've cried and stuff. Like, I've been yeah. in the shower crying, like, afterwards, like, in the gym showers, just because you you feel like your your, your your body, your brain doesn't know that mm. it was just training because you get real fight or flight. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're exhausted. Mm. You're trying 100% to keep this guy off you and not just do what he wants to. It's a super uncomfortable feeling when you first start. Yeah. A, a man just doing what he wants to you, physically choking you, just, you know, you know, it's that helplessness feeling. Yeah, like, fuck, I hate that. Eh? Like, Bro, I hate awful. feeling helpless, man. Yeah. So I, I, I've had a break, like, the last two weeks. Now I'm dreading going back tomorrow. Eh? Like, oh, yeah. Because, you know, when you 
take a long break. You of course. Back. You just get fucked up, man. Oh, yeah. And everyone's been learning new shit oh, yeah, that you yeah. don't know. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck was that move? And they're like, oh, we covered that in the last <laughs> two weeks last when two you have a little rest. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, you know, you're yeah. gone. But yeah, um, I just hated feeling helpless, eh? Mm. And I'm not a fucking small dude. No, 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 yeah. But having like smaller guys just handle Control me, you. I'm like, what the fuck? For sure. That was my, like, because I started back in 2000 and... 2007, I think. Yeah. 2007, 2000, no, no, I lie. 2010 it was. Okay, yeah. Um, And then I had like a fucking 10-year break and I just came back last two years. Yeah. Like just in and out of it, like, oh, should I be doing this? I'm getting old. Because um, just everywhere just fucking hurts so bad. Oh, bro, man. I've never been, <laughs> with all CrossFit training, like, you yeah. know, and there was, when I was competing, I was training Dom, pretty, pretty fucking hard. Yeah, DOMS isn't too bad to recover from me. Like, you know, the, the, Delayed offset muscle soreness that, with the CrossFit stuff, yeah, with the CrossFit stuff, but the right. jiu-jitsu soreness, oh man, gosh. I could not believe how yeah. sore I was. Mm-hmm. Even Georgia, my partner <laughs> is Georgia, she, she rolling. Uh, she's done it. She's done a few things. Yeah. She's naturally talented, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my coach Rodrigo Costa, he's 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 a very hard Brazilian man. You know, he doesn't give compliments easily. Mm. And uh, she came down, and he was like, "No joke." He talked to me afterwards, and he was like, "You know." Um, if Georgia were to train here full time, give me two years and she's a world champ. Fuck. He's like, give me two years, she's a world champion. And I'm like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I'm not even fucking around. He's like, she is very talented and she's very athletic. She's, got, I can tell she's got a bit of grit. Two years. And I went home that night and I was like, baby, you sure you like this CrossFit stuff? I mean, yeah, you know, Jiu Jitsu, that's pretty cool. She's like on the highest level now. She's competing right now. Yeah, she yeah. won the first event today. Um, she's doing well. She's sitting in the top three last I checked. She better still be there. <laughs> um, you better be in that final. You better in that goddamn final. Bring that home that bacon. Acting's not going as well as I'm making it out to be. Um, no, yeah, she's, she's, I'm very proud of her. She's loving, she's just throwing herself into it. You know what I mean? She's young. She's got time and, and you know, all the stuff I've been going through with uh, acting, I've been sharing with her. And I think that's rubbed off on her. Letting go of that expectation. Just keep fucking working. Keep doing your thing. You love it right now. Don't get too in your head about, you know, do I, do I need to go to the games? Do I need to do this? Hey, train fucking hard. Yeah. Do what you got to do. And we'll just deal with it as it comes. You know, mm. if you want to go to the games, do whatever you want to do. I'll support you. But there is no downside to being a beast and training hard mm. and, and putting your passion and your discipline and, and energy into, into, into anything. No downside. Fuck, man. That that's what sort of got me started on this, man. Like uh, jits, man. Being on the mat with the being on the mats with um, the GFT team up in Junlop. Shout out to fucking GFT oh. Junlop. Are you with um Fabio? Marcelo. G- Are you with Marcelo? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Oh damn! Oh damn! Fucking really nice guy, man. Like like you said, like he um, it's like you're talking to fucking Yoda. You yeah, know? dude. And they yeah. just tell you all this shit and you're like, huh, what? What did you just say? And then you'll, you'll walk away laughing and, you know, yep. super fucking nice. Yeah. Um, calls you for a roll and just mangles you, man. This yep. dude is like 70 kilos. Yep. I just think. gently mangles yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. when he's finished, you know, I, I, I obviously tap every fucking time. He's yeah. just like smiling. Yeah. And he's like, you did good. You did good. You just did good, keep, yeah. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Yep. They but give they, you one little thing to work yeah, on and they're yeah, like, and then I'll more you next time. For the next twenty years, yeah, <laughs> you're never going to get any better, yeah. especially when you roll with me, motherfucker. But, uh, but do you, but do your best. Yeah. You, you can try, but you know, I'll fuck you up every time. They're so sweet, though. You're yeah, right yeah. because there's a certain level of niceness you can yeah. only get, I think, from from that struggle. Yeah. yeah, from that struggle. But that teaches, man. That taught me a lot about um, how to be with coaching, how to be with like me. You know, being me. Yeah. Stop giving a fuck. You know, stop 
this was me, me personally. Yeah. Like, um, I care too much, man, about what people think. And of course, yeah, everyone does. You know, you go, yeah, and go. yeah. And that's why, like, fuck, man, I I couldn't imagine being in your shoes, throwing yourself out, like casting this massive net. Mm. To try and get like um, You know Acting jobs You don't even fucking You got no control over anything It's brutal man Yeah Which like, is why you need something like jujitsu. Yeah Right Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. this is something that You've stumbled onto something That's a very good point And it's it's one of the But you know what I mean though eh? Of course man Yeah man You need you've, To put your You know no one Human beings naturally don't like things That are out of their control yeah. I like the schedule I like to yeah. do this at this time yeah. This at this time And I like to go home and this at this time, yeah. But like what you what you're doing for a career, bro. It's like fuck. It might happen, might not. You're mm. sitting there like, uh, is it gonna happen? Oh, fuck, I don't know. Is it yeah, coming man. my way? You don't fucking know, man. I don't know. It's 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 pretty it's it's brutal. Um, but you know, you've 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 sort of stumbled on that this concept that to pursue something with your life that is uncertain mm-hmm. and that you don't have a lot of control over. That's you can do that but you need other things in your life that you can control mm. that if you put the work into, you do get results mm. like jujitsu. Mm. Like you put the time in, you put the, you yeah. put the effort in, you get better, yeah. you know, and you need that. Uh, especially with acting when it's like you're putting all that work in and uh, two years later, you feel like you've done, you've gone nowhere, which is just part of the game. It's why it's so hard, but you need other things in your life like jujitsu, like a relationship, like, like all those things that you put effort into and it, it, it does it does improve, you know. So that that is something that I have um I have an advantage of that I'm really grateful for that I have. I have that balance and I have a lot of things that and you know, I don't have many active friends, you know. Mm. Um I don't have a lot of people all the people that I'm closest to in my life, they love me, but they don't know anything about the acting industry and that's good. You know, because yeah. they kind of don't give a shit, yeah, which yeah. is cool yeah, because yeah. I get to separate the thing that I'm pursuing and I'm passionate about. Like when I go to the jujitsu mats, I mean, I, when I go to the gym, I fucking love those guys. I love those girls that I train with, you know, and like yeah. they don't really give a fuck how my audition, you know, they, they hope I'm happy mm. and they hope I'm doing well. But I walk in there, how good my American accent is has nothing yeah, to do with when I, when, I, when I get on the mats, you know, so and that's refreshing. But you've also brought up something amazing. Is another cool thing about jits. It doesn't matter if like you own, if you're Richard Branson, or you know, oh, it doesn't yeah. matter who the fuck you are. Gets left at the door. Yeah, walk on the mats. You're just the fucking white belt. Yeah, dude. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. You're pretty wealthy, but yeah. Can but, uh, you stop this guillotine, baby? <laughs> Maybe not. I'm gonna break your fucking ankle, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> now you sound like you're just training with some fucking saga. I'm gonna snap your goddamn ankle. Yeah, man. It's it's true. It's humbling. It it is yeah. a, a true melting pot. Yeah, true melting pot. I, I just think that. A a lot of people, um, well, I don't know. I speak for a lot of people that I meet through work and you mm. know through my journey, fucking um, doing our thing, moving from New Zealand to here. Like a lot of people like to be comfortable, eh? Of course, yeah. and that's what it is. Like uh, just being in that that zone where you're not, you can't control anything. You're not comfortable. You're getting fucked up. Yeah, that teaches you everything, man. And yeah, I man. think a lot. I think people need to be checked more. I think. Perhaps. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I've, I've, there was a long time, man, where I felt really defensive about what I was doing. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like I was like, "Fucking leave me alone!" Like I, you guys, are, you guys are the ones that are idiots, just trying to mm. settle down and stay comfortable. Fuck that, you know. I was yeah. really defensive. And as you get older and you go through some shit, you mm. understand. Like I, I'm a lot more forgiving now of people when, when, when I meet someone who, you know, maybe in my opinion you know, just wants to stay comfortable and they're, you know, they're not living the best life they could be. I understand. I get it. Mm. Shit's hard, man. 
people go through some shit. I don't know what they're going through. So I just kind of wish them well. And I, you know, I, I hope that they, 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 that they're happy and they figure out what they're doing. But for me, it's like, yeah, I try and, I try and keep growing. I, I try and, you know, do all that stuff because I feel like it's a privilege to be able to do that. You know, like mm-hmm. if you're growing up in, I mean, pick a place in the world, some yeah. third party war torn place and you want to be an actor there. Oh, that's damn impossible. Shit, you know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm physically able. I don't have any mental handicaps. I'm healthy. I'm born in a time of the internet. You know, I'm in a economically stable country. Why shouldn't I mm-hmm. try and pursue it? I, I, I view it as I, you know, I, I, I owe it to other people who can't do it. I should, I should do this. I should give it a crack. Why, why wouldn't I, you know? Um, but I used to be defensive for a long time about like what I was doing, you know, yeah. because I had this, I'll share this story. I went to LA in, in, in September of 2019 for like yeah. a trip. It was one of the best trips of my life, you know, going to LA. I think when you grow up in Perth and I'll say this, Perth is a beautiful place mm. to live, but the culture here, you know, you kind of mentioned it is to be comfortable or just to be financially secure. Yeah. I think success yeah. in, in, in Perth is financially is secure. financial security. Yeah. That's that's success. I've, the last couple of years, sorry to stop your story. No, no, please. The last couple of years, I've noticed that more and more. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, the more money you have, the more successful you are. That's that's what they, they, they view yeah. it as. And they don't really care how you became financially successful. Yeah. They just, yeah. you know. And when I went to L.A., um, you know, being an actor in L.A., is like being an engineer here. It's totally normal. Of course. Why wouldn't you be? Fuck. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's so normal. And I didn't even notice this. Like, you know, I'd get in an Uber or something and someone would be like, oh, you know, so what are you up to? What are you up to? And I'd sort of be like, oh, you know, I'm going to this uh, going to this meeting today. And like I was kind of hiding it, you know, that I'm an actor or whatever. Yeah. And then they'd be like, oh, you're an actor? And I'm like, yeah. And they'd be like, oh, you should be. You're a good looking kid. You, you, you know, you're not. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should be. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And what I noticed was this, man. This blew my fucking mind. Mm. And it sounds like I'm hating on Perth and I'm hating yeah. on Aussies, nah. but I'm not. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a proud Aussie. But what I noticed was when I went to LA, the structure of the conversations was reversed. And what I mean by that is, I think in Perth, people ask you, how are you? But what they really ask is, how are you doing at life? Not how are you, mm. how are you doing? Because the first things they ask you is, uh, what are you doing for work? Where are you living? Are you seeing anybody? You know, they're just trying to figure out, and not even in a malicious way, not even in a mean way. They're just mm. trying to figure out how you're doing at life. How are you doing? Where are you working? How much money are you getting? You know, yeah. where are you living? And they don't really ask, but how are you? How are you feeling mm. inside? Are you happy? You know, that comes later if you're lucky, you know. Yeah, yeah. But in LA, when I went there, and I'm aware I'm an Aussie, they were nicer to me. They were just like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, oh. And I would kind of start, you know, given the verbal resume. I'm yeah. like, oh, you know, I'm uh, I'm uh, five foot ten. And I, you know, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 no. How are you? How are you today? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm quite well. Thank you. And they're like, awesome, man. What, do you, what brings you here today? And I'm like, oh, I'm just uh, going to a meeting. A meeting. And like there was an opportunity to create a connection mm. because they were just, they weren't getting to the categories. They weren't like, what do you do with yourself? What's yeah. your favorite type of music? And that came later. So what I found was I was able to connect with strangers so much because everyone was just asking, hey, yeah, how, how are, are you? you? And then later they would ask about, 
what are you doing with your life? You know what I mean? Mm. And then I came back here and you run into somebody you haven't seen in a little while or whatever. And they ask you, like, I get this question all the time. Yeah. How's acting going? You know, what they're really asking is, are you doing good at acting? Yeah. You know, and it's, and, and they don't even mean it in a mean way. That's just how the culture is here. Yeah. Th- that people true. don't even think about it. So I feel like I'm obliged to be like, yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah. Oh, I just booked a role. I just did this. I did, you know, but really no one asks and they kind of, sh- you know, I guess maybe they don't have to. Are you still enjoying acting? You know, like. Because there's all this money over yeah, here, so I'm yeah, doing this yeah. other thing. You're Get doing out. this comfortable I just bought a house, baby. You sure <laughs> you like this acting? So that to me really highlighted stuff, you know, and it made me think about, you know, what, I'm just going to start asking people how they are, mm. you know, and, and stop Fuck thinking you know, about how you're doing at life. That's so true, man. Yeah, I, man. I've never been asked that so like so much since moving here. Yeah. Like in New Zealand, we didn't even care. We're like, hey, no. bro, how are you? How are you, man? You yeah. good? How, you good, bro? You good? Connection, human to human. Yeah, yeah. And and that's why we get along. And that's why, the, like, obviously where we're from in Auckland, there's like so many different cultures in one city. So of course. there's naturally some kind of resistance between each other, right? Like yep. you've got Fijians, Samoans, Tongans, all from different islands and shit like that, right? But we yeah. get along because we've got something in common, right? Over here. Man, I remember meeting my meeting in laws and you know just my brother's family and stuff like that. Everyone would say the same thing, and and I'll be stu- I'll be stumped. They like, yeah. what, what do you mean? Like, they, oh, hey, how are you doing? Now that how are you ex- doing? Exactly it's what you just fucking said. How are you doing? And then I'd feel shamed. Um, I'd feel a bit of shame telling them. I'd be like, like you said, the verbal yeah. fucking resume. Uh, I'm I'm working as a forklift driver. I'm earning. You know, I've, yeah, I felt like you I have had to, to prove fight. yourself. Yeah, yeah, yep. Because obviously I'm in someone else's house, which has got a fucking swimming pool, three levels, a helipad, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah, you yeah. said, you know, like fucking money here. Yeah, success, financial you know? freedom. And when I went to LA, uh, and this was all pre-COVID, I should mention that. <laughs> it's probably just fucking homeless people killing each other. I listen to too much Joe Rogan. Maybe it's not. Um, it's not a bad thing, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But um, when I went there, financial success financial freedom over there is there's so many people that are financially free so mm. what was rare over there was somebody who was financially free but also a good person mm. so that was the currency you know what i mean they were yeah. like yeah but who are you because there's heaps of dudes here with lamborghinis but are you a good dude are you a good person like they were it felt like they were trying to figure that out and i was like oh i'm not rich but I, i'm trying to be good and they're like great then you're you're, you're fine i had so many I met. I was so lucky on that trip. My manager's a baller in Sydney. He's a, he's a beast. He got me in the room with a lot of people who were, um, you know that that should have not met with me because <laughs> I'm a fucking nobody. But he um he got me in with them, and I had some really human to human connection with these people. I remember there's this one woman. I'm forgetting her name, which is terrible, but she's this uh, lovely casting director. And I came in there, and she cast a lot of big stuff out of the US and. I came in and she's like, hey, sweetie, how are you? Take your shoes off. And I was like, take my shoes off? The fuck? Okay. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to be some casting couch shit. No, no, she <laughs> took my shoes off and she had this little beautiful old dog, you know, and then the dog was up on the couch and I sat up there with the dog and I was just patting it. Yeah. And she was just like, oh, you know, so uh, pretty much what we said, tell me, about you, tell me about yourself. And then I started talking about my family. I started talking about my upbringing, what kind of films we liked. Mm. And then we started connecting. She's like, oh. I love that film. And then I go, how good was such and such in that film? And she goes, oh, amazing. And then I go, how about the moment in that in the movie, in that scene? And she goes, I know the exact moment. And we're gelling over yeah, like yeah, yeah. acting. Mm. We're gelling over the real thing, yeah. which was so awesome. And this is a very powerful woman. This is a very prominent mm. woman who, 
you know, you would want to feel that need to impress. Yeah. Well, I'm a big deal, you know. I, yeah. I've been in, uh, I was tree number four in Home and Away. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was none of that. It was like, let me get to know you as a human being. And I fucking loved it. And that happened everywhere I went. Every meeting, the Fuck. most powerful people were the nicest people. Mm. And they kind of knew because they'd been doing it for a long time. Hey, you becoming a working actor, maybe that'll happen, maybe it won't. But let's not, let's not rob ourselves of the opportunity to have yeah. a nice chat, you know? And, I, and I, I just felt so seen and I just felt so, oh, this is, this is nice. This is great. And then I came back to Perth and they were like, how you doing? <laughs> How's acting going? And I'm like, not great. You no. got my uh, arm and latte ready, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, listen there, hot shot. I mean, <laughs> I, I got to get to my job on the- You know, and I thought, yeah. fuck, man, that- uh, I didn't realize that until you just said it like that. How are you? How are you doing? Thing you know, because um, mm. I, I struggled, man, when we moved here, like to to find myself. Obviously, course, uh, being in the gym, like with meeting you guys, meeting Jim, made made that made you guys feel like a second family. Yeah. But just finding friends, you know, outside yeah. of the gym and that sort of shit, because it played on my mind a lot. Having to be like, I was thinking, fuck, okay, so to do Perth, to be successful here, I gotta make money, fuck, okay. What, yeah. what can I do? Yeah. My family's young, I, I wanna be around for them. Well, what do I have to do? Fucking go do the mine, mining thing and make some big ball of money, you know? But fuck, man, I'm just so glad that my wife was so grounded all the time, eh? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And if it's, it wasn't for her, I'd be up in there just try, like doing the same thing, trying to make money at a in a miserable fucking place, you know? It's a trap, man. It's yeah, a trap. Yeah. And, and, and I think that. You know, again, I will disclaim, yeah. I love Perth. It's yeah. a beautiful I love place Perth to live. Too. Hey, man. Hey, a lot better than Syria. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but but, I'm, but there are, I, I, feel, I feel there are cultural problems in Perth mm-hmm. that, you know, that not need to be addressed. But I think if we want to grow as a city and become a, a, a place where people who are ambitious want to stay, yeah. we need to adjust that culture. I don't know how it's going to happen, but, you know, like it's one of those things, man. As an actor, when you're growing up, you get told it's part of the narrative. Oh, you're from Perth? Well, you got to move to Sydney or Melbourne. That's a problem. Do you know Fuck. what I mean? Well, to pursue acting. To yeah. pursue acting. And look, it's, because they're, because they're, it's because they're bigger cities and there's more jobs and there's more money and there's more productions are shooting over there. Mm. But it's also because the culture in Perth is if you don't have a trade, if you're not on the mines, and if you don't have a uni degree- what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, That's yeah. the kind of vibe. If you're not mm. ticking those boxes that we lay out, what are you doing here? Go somewhere else, yeah. you know? And um, I think that, you know, COVID, when everything stopped and people, WA became, became a, a, you know, a wildlife park for humans, yeah. they could roam free, <laughs> you know? Um, that, that really opened things up to, you know, observing how beautiful WA is, how good we have it here, but also if we could just have that cultural shift, like for example, you know, we have friends like, like yourself, man, you mm. started up this podcast, yeah. something you're passionate about. Yeah, man. I was so happy to see it because Thank I know you, 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 I know that you'd be perfectly suited to that, but I'm not going to wait around until you've got a hundred thousand subscribers and it's successful yeah. before I want to stick my hand out and say, Hey man, let me come on and have a chat yeah, to you. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Because that's another thing in Perth is that we only want to back a winning horse here. Yeah, yeah. We only want to back somebody who's already successful. Somebody starts up a business no one wants to support it straight away. Mm. They're like, let me wait until yeah. it's, you know. And I noticed that a lot with fighting, hanging out with fighters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Stepping into a cage to fight a man in front of thousands of people, right? Yeah. The uncertainty, you might get knocked the fuck out. Oh, bro. Piss yourself. Yeah. Who, who fucking knows? You know what I mean? 
and there's no guarantee you're going to win. Even if you're pretty sure, you don't know. Mm. So how do you do that? How do you go out there and do that? Well, you have to put a focus on the fact that just the fact that you're stepping into that cage, you're a winner. You're an animal. You're mm. a savage. So it put a focus on just the doing, the daring, being a fucking... The, the, and that's something that the jiu-jitsu coaches, my, my jiu-jitsu coach, Rodrigo Costa, he was like, compete straight away. I started competing after two, three months of jiu-jitsu. Got smashed my first comp, but he's like, people who wait till they're ready are cowards. Fuck them. He's like, get in there and compete. Learn. And I'm so grateful for that. And what I noticed was that when my friends got for fights, I've got Rodrigo Costa fighting this uh, next weekend. Yeah. Yeah, he's fighting. He's taken, this is his sixth professional MMA fight is in under a, 12 months or just over 12 months. Proper show? Proper, yeah, yeah. Eternal. Eternal is the biggest MMA um, uh, show under in, in, in Australia. Were you at the last Eternal? I was in the Gold Coast. Oh. Yeah, when Jack oh. Becker won the title. No, but there was one here like a couple of weeks ago. Yes, yes. I had a few friends fight on that in Perth. Mm, uh, yeah, that was yeah, in yeah. Perth. Um, so yeah, so the, 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 you know, Rod is fighting on the Gold Coast next yeah. weekend and Jack is fighting. They've been training together for 10 years. Oh, so over in the Gold Coast, not here. In the Gold Coast, yeah. Oh, and they're on the co man. You can watch it on UFC Fight Pass though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's interesting is, right, what I noticed with previous fights is that people will wait to see the results before they decide how they feel about it. Mm. No one is messaging them saying, hey man, good on you. For fucking and they don't need it they're professionals yeah. they've fucking been doing it for years but what was interesting to me was that no one everyone waited to see if they won or lost before they reached out no one reached uh, out and said hey man i just want to let you know yeah, I got all the best all the best i got your back and you're a fucking savage for stepping in there I, I, i'm at your back win or lose i got you and no one wants to take a fucking risk in this town because everyone's everyone thinks that winning is the only option losing is the worst thing ever and I think that's a problem. That's why you don't see a lot of people taking risks, you know, and people, mm. we're so quick to celebrate a win and we're so quick to say, I'm so sorry for a loss. But no one wants to say, good job for fucking just getting after it, mm. taking a risk. With, with the podcast, I'm like, fucking kudos, my brother, <laughs> yeah, putting man. yourself out there. Whatever happens with it, you're not a coward and you did it. Yeah. This was like one of the first things I wanted to do, like to just stop, stop fucking caring about what people think. You know, yeah. that was my biggest problem, man. Oh, yeah. Especially, like, so you know how that played on me when people were, oh, how are you doing? How yeah. much money are you earning, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. felt like I was at the bottom of the fucking food chain, man, with everything, you know, like at the gym, meeting people. I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't earn enough to talk to this guy. But it was all in my fucking head, bro. 100%. But obviously, you know, meeting people sort of helped to change that. And um, doing this podcast, man, like talking, talking helps me a lot, man. Yeah, and listening to people are like you know I've I've learned fucking so much about different things like over the last two months two three months man when I started this was like fucking hell like I told you earlier I've banked like quite a few of them yeah holy shit man just people's tales about so uh, you you probably I don't know if you'll have time to listen to Rory's uh, story but he's a Scottish guy that moved moved to Perth yeah and he talks about him going around Australia he almost died a couple of times up in fucking Alice Springs bro. Oh, Can you damn. imagine being with the wildlife? The snakes got him or something? Uh, no, people. You know what I'm saying? Oh damn! Yeah, you know people yeah. that didn't agree with uh, the tone of his skin. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, man. Interesting, Rory. Mm. Mm. But uh, I'm gonna have to listen to that one. I'm excited. <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll make sure I got subtitles for that one. Ah, he gets that one. Shout out to Rory, yeah. man. It's good. They Yeah, I love it. Fuck, bro. But what an amazing insight you've you've had, man. Like. 
you know what I mean? Like for you to have that, this fuck. Like I said, I'm just blown away by how much you've grown up since the last time we spoke. Thank you, man. man. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think it's just I had no other option because the other option was just stopping, quitting. Because I've been, you know, I've been pursuing acting, really trying, you know, like fully. Like I went to drama school, went to WAPA in 2016 to 2017. Yeah. And then I've been trying my fucking ass off for four years. And I'm only now, just now, starting to book bigger professional work that could help my career along. And I haven't been alone. My manager has been in my corner the whole time. Uh, He's like a dear friend to me. Uh, Clinton Brian Matheson shout out to Clinton Brian Matheson I've got to write this one yeah, no, yeah. that's a big old name um, he's like family to me you know, and he's he's treated me like I'm a he's treated me like I'm Chris Hemsworth right from the beginning you know mm. for years and he's put in you know just he's just backed me so hard and tried so hard to get me through the door um, and when I book work now, I'm like, oh, thank fuck, he gets some money, thank God. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this poor man, three years, nothing. <laughs> I'm like the ultimate crypto investment, you know. I don't, I don't pay so, off. So, do these guys like? Do they get a cut of your comedic career? No, not no. at all. They only get me a cut. They only get a cut of jobs that they directly get me. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Which, and I tell you what, for the amount of work that these guys do, like my yeah. managers, I have Clinton in Sydney, and I yeah. have uh, Will and Jess out of LA. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Grandview Management, um, and they're like-minded people. They're they're awesome. I love them. They're awesome. You know, and and for the amount of work that they do, they don't get paid anywhere near enough. They should have eighty percent of my pay. You know? <laughs> oh, but there's a lot of work they do. Yeah. So, um, super grateful to them, man. Super grateful to them. And you and like I have had actor friends who have had bad managers and yeah. bad agents, and it's brutal. I don't know how I could, I, I tell you what right now, and I mean this, I'm not just being humble. I don't think I'd still be acting today if it wasn't for my manager because he has made me, he kind of insulated me in this thing of like, hey man, it's going to work out. You're, you're a special dude. Fuck. You're talented. Wade through the storm of fucking, and COVID and all this shit. He's mm. like, never, his confidence never wavered. I mean, he may, he said I should audition for Home and Away, which was devastating. But <laughs> other than that, he was like, you got this, man. Yeah. Always, always, always. And now that we're starting to work and I'm starting to book stuff and, you know, things are starting to slowly move. Mm-hmm. He's like, I told you, I told you. Fuck, man. You you got a good support crew. It sounds like, man, keep them I'm close. Very bro. lucky, man. Keep them very, close. Very, very lucky. Fuck, man. Yeah. Dude, you were telling me about um, family things we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Are you you going to be a, wow, not a dad, but pretty much, eh? Well, yes. Yeah. So, I mean- Look, man, I, you know, my parents were young when they had me. Mm. They were 18. You, I know you were a young father as well, 20 when, 20 when you, you had you first. Um, my parents were 18 and 19 when they had me. My mum had lost her dad previously, uh, like a year previous to falling pregnant with me. And she was pretty devastated from that. And I think that my parents weren't even, they were barely even like together. They were just kind of like just seeing each other, you know. Mm. And my mom, she's a strong Maori woman, so yeah. she was like, "I'm keeping it," you know. And and dad yeah. was like, "Okay, you know." And you, he, he know, stayed sorry around. To, sorry to interrupt. No, do no, you know where she's from? She is. Uh, the whole family grew from Paidoa. Uh Paidoa, L and P. Oh yeah, yeah, Paidoa, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she mum's part of the Tuhoi tribe, Children oh, of the Mist. Yeah. Shout out to the Tuhoi tribe. Shout out to the Tuhoi tribe. Fuck cannibals, on. cannibals, baby. Yeah, so yeah, that's fuck what yeah. they were originally. Um, <laughs> so. That's why I always look at people that they taste. <laughs> That's uh, why you got them funky eyes yeah, on you. Yeah, right? I'm always like, mm, you look good. Bit of barbecue is nice. You go down a treat. <laughs> um, so yeah, mum, mum wanted to keep me. Dad obviously 
stuck around and said, yeah, for sure. And look, man, they were young. They were kids. They had no money. They were dirt poor. Yeah. And, you know, like having a kid and then having my sister four years later, they just didn't, they didn't have any time to work on themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they, it's like they, they got frozen at that level of emotional maturity, yeah. you know, from 18 to 19. And times were hard, man. Like, you know, looking back, we had a, we had a rough fucking childhood. Like, you know, they, my, my parents tried their best to keep everything stable, keep us in school and, and doing all that stuff. But things were fucking, they were not stable, you know? Yeah. And they just never worked on themselves. So, you know, I, there were things weren't, things weren't great. But then when I, when I kind of got, got of age, you know, dad and I started button heads a lot when I became a teenager. And then eventually, you know, we came to fucking fisticuffs, uh, at 16, 17, full, full fucking fight. I had to go to hospital, all this shit. And that was the final straw with mom and dad. They had been having troubles for a while, but they divorced and, um, you know, they've gone on their separate paths. But I think, you know, without airing too much fucking family, dirty laundry, I, uh, for me, man, I just, I, I love my parents, but I knew that the way that they viewed the world and the way that they conducted themselves, it, I just knew it wasn't right. You know, I just knew that there was a better way to do it. And I, and I knew that they loved us very much, mm-hmm. but they just, they just didn't know how to work on themselves and, and stop their personal things affecting the kids. So I left home at like 17, 18. I had two younger sisters that I'm very, very protective of, uh, yeah. Talia, who's who's 22 now, she's four years younger than me, and Riley, who's 13, so she's 13 years younger than me, you know. And in my mind, it was like this, uh, it was like a movie. I was like, I'm leaving home. I'm going to learn a better way, but I'll come back for you, I swear. You know what I mean? It was like that kind of <laughs> shit. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, so I I moved out of home. Uh, I tried to, I went to a gym first, trying to get in shape, because yeah. in my mind, I was like, fit people know what's going on. Fuck, and just over, over the years, man, I've just tried to surround myself with people that I, I, I thought I could learn something from, mm-hmm. you know, and take, you know, and leave some stuff behind that I didn't like, but take bits of it. And I've just tried to just grow my mind and, 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 and think of better belief systems, yeah. you know, not be a victim, uh, take responsibility, be disciplined, work hard. And, and now I'm in a position where with my younger sisters, uh, I'm very grateful for this. They kind of come to me and I can, I can help them with like, look, the way that mum and dad taught us how to do this shit, that's wrong. Yeah. We got to, this is a better way. This is what I think is a better way to think about it. And, and to be able to help them with the lessons that I've learned and build on what our parents taught us has mm. been fucking, it's, it's the ultimate reward for me. You know, it's way more rewarding than acting in comedy. So, but, um, you know, things have been, going really bad for mum lately. Uh, her, her last marriage fell apart. Things became unsafe. Her, her partner was suffering with, with addiction and, and, and is now looking at, you know, jail time, all this kind of stuff. Um, and things became not safe there. So she sent uh, Riley, my youngest sister, to live with dad. Yeah. And dad still got his stuff going on. Riley wasn't happy there. So she's living with me now, man. As of like like a week and a bit ago, I got a 13-year-old girl at home that I'm trying to figure out how to sort of be a brother dad to, yeah. you know, get her, get her to school on time, you know, figure out all that stuff. And she's not had an easy run, you know, and I've, I've mm. not been able to be there for her as much as I wanted to be. So just trying to be patient, trying to be, trying to be loving, trying to, you know, encourage her to, to, to do better and to, to figure out a better way and not be so, you know, held down by all the, the, the shit that she's had to, to go through at this young point. But it's very fulfilling, man. My 22-year-old sister, though, Tyler, she's kicking goals. She's doing good. She's doing awesome. awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. working hard. She's 
She's got a great sense of humor, man. No one makes me laugh like my sister. You know Fuck, what I mean? Bro, why don't you get into comedy, man? Bro, I'm telling you, man, she has got the funniest sense of I cry of laughter. Yeah. I cry of laughter with her. You know, we've got a, we've got a similar sense of humor, but yeah. you know, when I get to come you know, when I get to come home and, and, and have dinner with my girlfriend and my two younger sisters, it's awesome. It's so good. You know, like that makes the acting shit seem so silly. Mm. You know, I stress about, oh, I got tapped out today at the gym. Oh, I didn't hear back about that audition. Oh, a stand-up comedy set went not great. You know, they didn't love my my joke about the dog, you know. Um, <laughs> and then I come home and my sisters are there and I'm like, fuck, everything's good. They're happy. They're healthy. They're okay. Um, so it's it, it's good. But it's stressful, man. I'm fucking, I'm, mm. I'm trying to balance a lot of shit and I'm still figuring it out. You know, she's not going to listen to this for a couple of years, so she'll have to <laughs> forgive me, but this weekend just gone yeah. you know my 13 year old sister uh she's had a time of the month and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. it's my first time dealing with you know oh, uh, that. dealing with that yeah. and trying to figure out that territory man i'm like dude i don't fucking know you know yeah. she had to have friday off school because she had cramps and like i can't tell her no you know yeah, I, i've never yeah. had that shit so it's interesting for me and we went to the beach last i went to the beach yesterday i took the girls to the beach we had a nice day at the beach Riley's wearing jeans. My younger sister, Riley, yeah. she's 13. She's wearing jeans to the beach. And I'm like, you sure you don't want to wear anything else? She's like, no, I want to wear jeans. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like full length. Full length jeans, bro. She was going to wear boots to the beach. I and was I was like, like 30 something yesterday. Wasn't she's it? crazy. She's a savage. Fuck. And I was, she's going to wear boots. And I said, can you at least wear thongs? She's like, yeah, I'll wear thongs. So she wears thongs, goes there. She's like, I'm not going to swim, Blake. I'm on my time of the month. And I was like, okay, no worries. All good. Next thing you know, she's dipping her toe in the water. Then she's fully in the water, just in her jeans. And I'm like, well, I, I wish she would have not worn those jeans, right? But she's having a good time. So I'm happy. Me and my other sister, Tyler, are on the beach. We're just, we're just chatting, having a laugh, all this stuff, sitting in the sun. It's nice. And then Riley comes. Uh, she uh, she starts swimming back in. Yeah. And uh, she must have stepped on like a little sharp bit of rock. You know, she cuts her foot slightly. She's like, oh, Blake, you know, it's serious. And I'm trying not to laugh. You know, it was, it was bleeding a bit, but it's just a little cut, you know. And she's like, um, she's like, I can't walk. I can't walk, Blake. And I'm like, well, we need to leave the beach. You know, like, <laughs> I can't bring life to how, you. Yeah, how the hell are we going to get off the She's like, I don't know. She's, she's, you know, she's hopping. I'm trying not to laugh. Yeah. And she's already sensitive, you know, with all this stuff mm-hmm. going on. And anyways, we get, we get, I get him some ice cream on the way home and we get home and she's showered, whatever. She's sitting on the couch and she seems a bit sad. So I sit next to her. I'm like, what's going on, Riley? Are you okay? She's sort of, I can see that she wants to cry. And I'm like, what's yeah. up? Are you okay? And she goes, it's just... Cutting my foot was was the last thing I needed right now. <laughs> and just the wording, eh? it was the last thing I needed right now. And I just, I was, I tried so hard not to laugh. And I was like, oh, sweetie, you know. And I'm trying to be empathetic. You know, I'm like, yeah. your, your feelings are valid. I just think you're a little sensitive right now. It's okay. You know, it's just a little cut. We'll figure it out. But um, nah, things are good, man. They're stressful now, but there's nothing more rewarding. I got a good partner. I got... I'm very lucky. I'm very, I'm very grateful. You know, the parent thing isn't, isn't great, but at least my sisters are happy and healthy and I'm in a position where I can help them and, and do that stuff. So being a parent, man, I can, I can sort of relate to, um, what your parents may have gone through, like being so young yeah. and being a parent. Yeah. Um, because the, the same thing happened with us, bro. Like we had to stop everything we were doing and it was provide you know, and yeah. it's the same thing my parents did with us. You know, yeah. they had us really young and um, they, fuck you. 
Yeah, man. I'll pour you one, brother. What, keep talking, Thanks, please. Thanks, bro. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, your parents had to provide, same as you did, yeah, to stop everything. The, the problem with them was um, English was a second language to them. Oh, shit. What are you, like, where are your like, parents? Samoa. They moved from Samoa to, to Auckland. I'm an uncultured man. You son of a bitch. God damn, you you're, got You were born here, though, right? I'm a Mozzie, yeah, yeah. Mum's married, but I'm I'm Aussie. I'm I'm, I'm white as shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know nothing about my culture. I'm pathetic. But go on, yeah, your parents. Yeah, so they they moved from Samoa to to Auckland and had to find work and shit like that. And you know, they had they didn't even know what the fuck a career was, or or they didn't know how to, how to spend time on themselves. They weren't taught that shit from their parents, man. Yeah, man. And they passed that on to us, bro. Yeah, bro. You know what I mean? Like it's selfish if you try and do that shit. Yeah, right? That's kind of the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. thought. Well, you you can you, your mum can probably knows like can attest to what i'm talking about you know it's of course i mean yeah provide that's yeah, the that's, that's the it, thing man, you're a parent it. now provide you know yeah. and i'll tell you something that happened to me man i had a dream yeah right? i'm not even kidding you i had a dream when i was 22 so four years ago i had a yeah. dream that in my dream i had a child and this dream was so fucking realistic isaac <laughs> i was like i got a kid oh my god but i still was like in my dream i was still pursuing acting all this stuff and i was like yeah. i gotta stop that shit i gotta like I got to provide for this child. It hasn't got nappies. It was like a nightmare, right? Fuck. And I woke up and I was like, oh, like almost like sweating and shit. And I was like, oh, I don't have a kid. Oh, thank fuck. I don't have a kid, you know? Like, oh my God, I can still pursue acting, you know? Thank God my life's not ruined. And I realized at that moment, bro, at like 2 a.m., I was like, when my parents were my age right now, I was four. Mm. And like right then in that moment, I forgave them for a lot of shit. Yeah. I, you know, things weren't great and they, they, you know, all that stuff. But I was like, it's a miracle I can tie my fucking shoes. <laughs> like if I had a four-year-old right yeah, now, man, yeah. like oh. I wouldn't be pursuing acting. I wouldn't be reading books, trying to think of ways to feel better. Yeah, I'd probably yeah, yeah. just be, yeah, on the mines doing whatever I had to just to provide angry fucking drinking, doing whatever I yeah. got it, you know, so that's part of growing up but i forgave my parents for a lot of shit you know right from a dream from a dream bro. from a damn realistic dream <laughs> bro like like you said man that's life for a lot of people hey eh, man and they keep having kids man you know what i'm saying you know they just keep pumping them out like fuck i gotta damn it i was trying to do this course fucking damn yes. it back to the mines fuck. back to the mines baby yeah and then before you know it you're, you're 50 you know what i mean yeah, or whatever's yeah. going on and look even that mindset man like you can start whenever you know you can do a lot of different things that you know mate you might not be a, a an olympic gymnast sure but yeah. you know there's a lot of options to you there's a fucking lot of things you can do i'm realizing that now but like just with you forgiving your parents like moving here and figuring out like um and us moving into a house and sorting ourselves out here in Perth. Like, I, I did the same thing. I forgave my parents for a lot of shit we went through when we were younger, eh? Yeah, man. It's it's important, man, mm. to... to oh, oh, I fucked it up. I fucked, fucked it up. up. I fucked it up. God damn it. It's all right, man. We've had a it's spillage. We've had a spillage. spillage. It's, not on, it's not on the equipment, though, so... Oh, we have no cloths. I fucked that up. Oh, fuck it, bro. It's all good. Oh, cheers to you, my brother. Cheers, man. Cheers to you again. Viewing your parents oh. as as human, I think that's a that's a that's a huge thing. Mm. You know what I mean? And and some people never do it. Some people never do it till their parents die, and then they're like, "Oh my god, my parents were human." They, you know, they go to their funeral yeah. and they hear these stories about their parents yeah, yeah. they never knew. And I didn't want that. You know, I I, I view <clears> my parents <throat> as human, and and it gave a lot of forgiveness. Brother, forgive me. I got to run to the toilet. I need to bust yeah. so bad. Do you want me to pause this and then we'll come back? Pause to it, it, brother. Pause it. Yeah, I'll clean that All up right. too. All right.